0: Oh, oh, oh,
1: Welcome to the Bruce Siski Show. Follow the Bruce Siski Show on Twitter to interact anytime. Got something on your mind? You can text Bruce during the show by using the short code 84454. You're listening to the Bruce Siski Show on 610 and FM 103.9, KDAL.
0: 10:11, it's a Thursday, 24th day of August 2023. Bruce Siski Show on KDAL. KDAL, a very, very happy first day of competition day for all who celebrate throughout northeastern Minnesota, all over the uh, Gopher State. Today is the first day of competition, and boys and girls soccer also in volleyball. A lot of games being scheduled for tonight. We ran through that this morning with Dave, and we'll have all the scores for you tomorrow morning. If you miss them on the morning show, you can always check them out, updated regularly at KDAL610.com. Whenever I'm around, we'll have uh, local ske- uh, local scores on that website for you each and every weekday morning. All right, so uh, we've got some headlines to run through. We will do that in a little bit. Earlier this week, had a chance to sit down with the head coach of the UMD volleyball team, Jim Booz. Bulldogs in their preseason preparation mode now, and one week from today, they embark on a trip to Michigan. And the Ferris State Invitational – In southwestern Michigan, Big Rapids, Michigan, to be precise, hosted by Ferris State, the Bulldogs will play four matches over two days next Friday and Saturday to get their season kicked off. Had a chance on Monday to visit with the head coach and preview the 2023 season. Here's that conversation. All right, so I'm not a a math whiz or anything like that, but I can count. So I'm looking at your roster and i'm seeing like was it five players on your team named madison or madeline in some way shape or form how the heck do you differentiate
2: yeah that's a an issue for sure in the gym and unfortunately uh even though we've come up with kind of a solution for each of them it's not something i'm very good at adhering to so uh there's many a times where i say madison and about five heads turn so it's something that's a work in progress for sure and uh yeah, it's definitely a challenge.
0: It's, and I think every team has gone through this at some point. Have you ever had this before in your coaching career, where you've got a bunch of players with with the same name or very similar names, at least?
2: Never more than two, maybe three over the course of time. So to have essentially five, um, it's pretty absurd.
0: Yeah, we're talking to UMV volleyball coach Jim Booz. Before we look ahead to 2023. Reflect briefly on 2022. 27 wins, you near the top of the conference, a very difficult conference. You have dramatic, dramatic wins along the way in the regular season. You get back to the NCAA tournament as well.
2: Yeah, it was certainly a great bounce back after it was a very challenging 2021 between our injuries and our return from COVID. So it was good to see us get kind of back on path and back to where we have traditionally wanted to be in terms of our program, and uh, we were very happy with how it went. Obviously, you can always look back and think about the things you could have done differently or the things that could have gone differently for you, but... Uh, getting back into the conference tournament, getting back into the regional tournament and and really being competitive with some of the top teams in the the league, the region, the country. That's really what our goals are. And Last year, that was a big part of our year.
0: You've got a couple of more years here. All the the coaches around the country with these these COVID fifth years. You've got some fifth-year players. You only lost a couple of players off last year's roster. A lot of experience back this year. As you start to look ahead and, and you continue preparation for 2023, what's the excitement level i gotta think there's not a ton of teaching going on with the number of experienced players you've got back
2: yeah there's certainly a lot of anticipation for the the possibilities of what could be Uh, at the same point in time it's a different group you know yes we didn't lose a ton off of last year's roster but you're still losing leadership and experience and replacing it with youth and inexperience and so there is some transition there and a learning curve and some of our you know, returning players have to take on a bigger leadership role and we have to figure out our own identity and dynamic with this group especially with the loss of Sid Lanou who is such a big um, p- person in terms of leadership and voice in our gym and in, in behind the scenes last year. So as much as you can say there's not a lot of change, there still is a lot more change than uh, you maybe even realize until you get down to it. And so These first two and a half, three weeks here are very important in terms of building the foundations for what we want to be.
0: What do you think the identity of your team became last year?
2: Uh, I think it was a team that had a lot of belief in itself. By the end of the year, it was a team that was going to fight from beginning to end. Uh, It had a little bit more of a scrappy nature than some previous versions that we've had. And uh, ultimately, it just came down to a team that was hungry and and it showed in the way that they were able to perform especially in five-set matches where we won the majority of the five-set matches we played there was just a hunger to be on the right side of those and to, to get back into the
0: winning column that's a lot easier said than done you and i have talked about this before you get to that fifth set that that can go either way a whole lot of times and it went your way so many times last year
2: Yeah, and that's a credit to, you know, like what we just talked about, the players and their focus and their intensity. I mean, it'd be like playing, you know, a football game for four quarters, and then you just return to, you know, the first five minutes of the first quarter, and that's going to determine who wins. I mean, anything can happen in that short of a period of time, and so... Regardless of what has happened before that you really got to rededicate yourself to focusing in on what you need to do and do well and how you need to make adjustments to be able to get to that finish line first and fortunately we did that a lot last year and a lot of times against some really high quality opponents. Um, you know, the St. Clouds, the Southwest Minnesotas, even like the Missouri-St. Louis who made it to the final four of the national tournament. Those are all five-set wins that really defined us as a program and, and built a lot of character into what we
0: are. Talking to UMD volleyball coach Jim Booz, so let's look ahead to 2023. And, and we talk about experience. You've got to get your setter position. The, the key to everything you do offensively, what's it mean to have Madison Gordon back for year six?
2: Yeah, it's huge. Um, obviously, she's been around the longest and brings the most knowledge and experience back to the table. But even having our other setter, Madison Kaylee, so both Madisons, like we talked about earlier, um, you know, this is her fourth year in our program. So at that position, we have a lot of experience and and, and savvy in terms of how to run the show and and play the position. And that certainly adds to the quality of what you're doing in your practice setting and certainly should carry over into your ability to compete out in the court.
0: They certainly don't have a lot of different names, but how are Madison and Maddie maybe different in how they do things?
2: Uh, Madison has a little bit more of an outward um, intensity to her and, you know, and certainly carries herself as an upperclassman and a leader. I think Maddie Cayley is still finding her footing there. Um, you know, a little bit different setting style and technique, but certainly in terms of our ability to run our offense and create tempo for our hitters, they both have a lot of positives there, and it's been a good competition so far starting off this year in camp.
0: You've got three players in the middle that, that all played significantly for you last year and all did a lot of really good things, and Grace Dake, Samantha Paulson, and Hope Schenken. What does it mean to have them back, and what kind of years can they have?
2: Yeah, it's huge to have them back, and, uh, you know, the expectation, the bar needs to be raised a little bit there. You know, you think about returning almost 80% of our offense and returning six of our seven starters. Everyone just needs to do a little bit more to make it really easy for that replacement for Sid to just come in and be themselves and, you know, Do what they can do to to fit into the group, but everybody else just needs to raise that little bit. If they can all get 5, 10, 15% better, uh, I think good things can happen, and I think all three of them are very capable.
0: A player like Sid Lanou, and this is again, this is not new to you having to replace a valuable player in your offense. This is not done by one player. This is done kind of like you just said in an aggregate.
2: Absolutely, yeah. If, if you're relying on just that one person to fill the void, that just puts so much burden on that player to live up to something that is really unrealistic for you to expect them to do that, because you're replacing someone who was in our program for five years with countless experiences and and trainings and, and leadership growth that uh, you don't just slot someone in new. So you do need. Everybody to jump in and and do a little bit more than what they did the year before to fill that void.
0: That said, who who primarily do you expect to get their name written down as a starter in in that spot? Not necessarily to do everything Sid did, but at least to to play that position.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's really three candidates that are fighting for that opportunity. It's uh, upperclassman Peyton Adink, who has gotten some minutes for us in the past, had a really nice match or two last year in the middle of the season when we played Bemidji and we had to rest Uh, some players during that time frame. Uh, Mary Satori, who's coming back for her sophomore year and has really made some great um, strides and and has improved a ton. And then we have an incoming freshman here. Uh, Her name is Paige Decker, and she's a first-team All-Stater and has traditionally played in the middle, so there's some learning curve going on, but athletically is as gifted as we have on that position and, and certainly has shown flashes of being really special out there. So I mean, that's really one of the key things we're trying to figure out here over the course of this three-week preseason, which obviously is not a lot of time and goes fast. And ultimately, who plays that position early in the year could change from who's going to be there at the end, and we've always talked about wanting to be a finisher. And so not getting too involved and worked up about, you know, who is it on day one, but more importantly, who is it on day 90 when we're in the big matches that matter the most uh, who's developed and, and gotten to that point where they can stabilize that position and do what they need to do out there. Yeah,
0: the other outside hitter, Sienna Sobishka's is back for her fifth year and or fourth year, I should say. I'm losing track of all these, uh, the fourth, fifth, sixth year players in these college oh, no. programs. But, but the fourth-year player, she's battled injuries. That right arm, man, it, it is as good as you're going to find anywhere. How does she build on what she accomplished for you last season?
2: Well, I think first and foremost, and I'm knocking on my wood desk as I say it, you know, maintaining her health is first and foremost. She's had a a very trying three years in terms of all the different issues and injuries she's gone through. Um, You know, right now she's healthy. She's about as physically, athletically in a good spot as she's been in since she's arrived, and I think a lot of that carries over into the confidence, confidence for her to be able to play the position at the highest of levels. Um, You know, coming off this first week, she just looks really confident, really aggressive, uh, is bringing a lot more voice to the gym and being a lot more aggressive with her leadership. And I think uh, there's a a large opportunity for her to make a really big leap this year.
0: On the other end of things, and I I know you focus a lot on offense, but defense is still there. It's It's a factor. You've got some experience in terms of defensive specialists that are back this year, too.
2: Absolutely. Um, you know, Kaylin Madison and Emma Kajawa both returning at that position, bring a bunch of experience and knowledge to those spots. But the exciting part for us, and this is what we were lacking maybe a little bit in the spring and last year, is we added another couple of defensive specialists to our roster, anticipating this COVID graduation here in another year um, and Madison Reed, another Madison, and then uh, Kylie Nyhard, who's our junior transfer, they've already added just a different dimension to what our practices look like. The ball is just getting returned so many more times because those those little players who focus solely on the ball control defensive side of the game pick up so many more things than, than what you would see if you don't have those people in your gym. And so already the quality of contacts in our gym and the number of balls that are going back and forth in a practice setting compared to previous uh, last couple semesters here is, is way higher. So that position is going to be really important for the success of this program. I think that's an area that we see as an area we can really improve this year, uh, making it harder for our opponent to score and and keeping balls alive for extended periods of time, being a little bit more of a nuisance from a defensive standpoint. And And all four of them are going to play a big role in that.
0: You talked about returning 80% of your offense. You also return a lot of your service game. I'm looking through the roster. I'm seeing a lot of players that, that served significantly for you throughout last season. And that's an important part of the game, too. And that, it's not just the aces you can get. It, it, it's you're attacking certain areas of the floor. It's certain areas of, of an opponent's formation, depending on who you're playing against. And you've got players back that they know what you're looking for. There. What's it mean to have that experience back in the service game?
2: Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Um the one skill in our sport that you can control solely no one else has any influence or outside factors that affect your ability to serve so getting good at that and being able to like you said attack the other side you know we'll take Some misses along the way, knowing that we're making the other side uncomfortable by attacking their weaker passer or by attacking seams in their formation that, you know, can cause some communication issues and and put them in a position where they're uncomfortable. They're out of system. Um, They're predictable with where the ball has to go. That's that's what you're trying to generate from the service line. And so. That's something that you learn over time. You get better at the more you do. You get comfortable with how to do that effectively as you practice more at this level. And, you know, again, returning pretty much all of those people other than Sid Lanou, that's a large portion of how you really start off your defensive and transition side of the game. And. It's really good to have a lot of those people back.
0: A couple more for you the volleyball coach, Jim Booz. You are heading to Big Rapids, Michigan next weekend for Ferris State's Invitational. You know, you'll play four matches there. Then you host the Up North Preseason Tournament. At Romano Gym, September 7th, 8th, and 9th, bulldogs.com has all the details, including the schedule for that event. Uh, first off, you, these are eight matches. These are non-conference. This is an opportunity to learn a lot. What do you need to learn these first eight matches of the regular season starting next weekend?
2: Yeah, this time of year is always important to see if you can identify your strengths and weaknesses and how teams are exploiting kind of what you're not doing at the, the level that it needs to be done with are done at Um, at the same point in time. We're working on trying to hone in and polish up, you know, controlling the tempo of what our offense is supposed to look like. It's really almost like a preseason set of games here where the difference being these matter, these count, these will affect our, you know, our ability to be selected as an at-large, and certainly they played a big role in us getting selected last year. And so they're very important matches you need to play, but ultimately they're they're designed to help us and challenge us so that we're ready for the grind of the Northern Sun. And as we all know, the Northern Sun is probably the top Division II volleyball league in the country. And so you've got to make sure you're challenging yourself with different looks, different teams, different styles, so that when you walk into conference play three weekends later – you're ready for that you understand what you're up against and and you're ready to to take it on
0: you've got uh, six teams in the up north preseason tournament starting september 7th 12 matches over three days at Ramona Gym. how did this all come together for you
2: yeah it was a conversation amongst uh, the coaches between saint cloud northern michigan and michigan tech we tended to be playing each other every year uh it's one of the local tournaments either up at the up or down at wisconsin parkside saint cloud hosted a You know, a couple times here, and it was like, why can't we come up with something a little bit more formal here uh, where we come up with a rotation, it's a little predictable, we know the four of us are in. And so really now it's just about finding two more teams to join the mix so that we know as Northern Sun teams we're going to play the two Michigan schools and then the other two teams that we bring in, and the upper Michigan schools know they're going to play the two Northern Sun teams and then the other two teams we bring in. Uh, And so we can pool our resources, we can rotate the burden of hosting because it's a lot of work, um, but it's also a a great privilege. And so I really brought it to the table with our new athletic director, Forrest Carr, and he was all about it. Um, He is coming from a background at Northern Michigan where they had hosted countless times for volleyball over the years, and Uh, When I mentioned the idea of putting this conglomerate together, he said, absolutely, we are in. And then when I mentioned that someone has to serve as the host the first year, he said, that's us. So I'm really excited for the support that he's providing us in our program to put this in place this year. You know, four home matches right out of the gate that we wouldn't be getting if we weren't hosting. And, you know, we're getting to play three teams that were in the NCAA tournament. One of them made the Elite Eight last year. Um, It's a great group of teams high quality volleyball and you know all in the friendly confines of Romano gym where it's, it's air conditioned we're not dealing with the humidity of some of the places we've dealt with these last several years and where we go to travel so certainly if, very fortunate to be able to do this
0: and you mentioned the northern sun probably the top volleyball conference in the country wayne state won the league last year and they return a bunch concordia was a national runner-up last year they return bunch. you're telling me this league's not going to get any easier what's going on
2: it does not get any easier and certainly at the top um, those two teams specifically return the majority of their lineup much like us so you know we finished third last year and in order to make a climb that's what you got ahead of you so it's not going to be because they're going to get worse or they're going to drop off. It's going to be because we have to get that much better if we want to make a jump up into that, uh, you know, that top two range that we'd like to be in and and have a chance to compete for a regular season and a conference tournament championship. At the same point in time, the depth of the league is what makes it most challenging. You know, the teams that you're playing, who finish in seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth in the league, are still teams that would finish in the top forty, fifty in the country. Um, it's easy to get up when you're playing the top teams because everyone knows about who they are and what the challenges are. It's about how can you be ready night in and night out because everybody in this league is competitive. Everybody in this team is capable of knocking somebody off, and that's, that is That is where the Northern Sun lies in terms of volleyball competitiveness.
0: Head coach of the UMV volleyball team, Jim Booz. Bulldogs head to the Ferris State invite next Friday. In Saturday, four matches over two days in the Up North preseason tournament. September 7th, 8th, and 9th at Romano Gym. 12 matches over those three days. Info at UMVBulldogs.com, including the full schedule and info on ticketing as well. 1031, more to come. Bruce Siski Show, Thursday morning, 610, 103.9 KDAL. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. Today, we continue our 14-team Big Ten preview sponsored by Lando Lakes. We'll look at the Indiana Hoosiers after this.
1: There is a land where anything is possible. Where soul, soil and science work wonders every day. A land that values bravery and curiosity. Where the truth is the official language. And here, we put our all into feeding human progress. To making a positive impact. This is a land of honesty, of optimism, of possibilities. This is Land O Lakes. Proud sponsor of Gopher Athletics.
0: Tanner Hoops previews the 2023 Indiana Hoosiers. Indiana is coming off a four and eight season in 2022, and head coach Tom Allen knows there'll be plenty of turnover, but is excited by the way that he's seen his guys compete and battle for open spots. At the end of the day,
2: it's being able to take your roster, maximizing those guys' skill sets where they can play their best football and be very, very productive. And at the end of the day, we gotta score points. We gotta score touchdowns in the score zone.
0: We gotta do a great job of staying on the field, and playing team football. One big question mark surrounding the Hoosiers remains the quarterback position. Who will be under center for the Hoosiers in week 1?
2: Once you you pick who that individual is, you got to make sure you're building, you know, everything around them for they can be at their best and so they can be able to to be comfortable. And obviously whoever it's going to be is going to be, you know, a younger guy that's going to have to grow up really fast.
0: Indiana opens the 2023 season at home September 2nd against Ohio State. And Indiana will not play the golden gophers during the regular season that wraps up our 14 team big 10 preview sponsored by lando lakes a longtime supporter of golden gopher football one week from tonight minnesota opens against
1: nebraska that's the golden gopher daily update i'm mike graham sound off with brad bennett middays on kdal
0: Clouds are hanging on here downtown Duluth. More to come on this Thursday morning. Local sports run through some matchups, talk some baseball, some football as well as we are a week out from college football and we are a couple days out from wrapping up the NFL preseason as well. All that as we continue Thursday morning edition, Bruce Siski Show 610-103.9, KDAL 1037, CBS News right
1: now. The Bruce Siskey Show. Sometimes I feel like everyone I work with is an idiot. And by sometimes, I mean all times. All the time. Every of the time. On 610 and FM 103.9 KDAO. 1042.
0: Tomorrow, I had a conversation this week with UWS men's soccer coach Joe Mooney. You'll hear that tomorrow as well. St. Scholastica women's soccer coach Dave Riles will join us live. We'll get season previews from both. Next week, uh, Dave will be uh, sitting in with the best of, among the best of conversations, one more local interview we're taping today, and that is with UWS women's soccer head coach Allison DeGroote. Dave will have that for you next week. We'll have some of our other fall sports previews for you, including Bulldog football, Gopher football, Big, uh, Big Ten football with Phil Steele next week. And a whole lot more. Dave will engineer that for you Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Twins early on Wednesday. So Brad will be on at 10 on Wednesday morning. And then I'll be back in studio on Tuesday, September 5th. We'll talk Bulldog football on that morning. Jeff Papis joins us to recap opening night. We'll look ahead to week two against Northern State. And we'll also hear from the Bulldogs offensive coordinator, Chase Vogler, on the radio program Tuesday, September 5th as we back off vacation, off the Labor Day holiday and such. So that's what's uh, coming up here on the show. Uh, It is a very busy time. As the local sports season getting uh, cranked up, we had I think, Superior Boys Soccer got the jump start on Tuesday. But now pretty much everyone's getting a chance to play. A lot of soccer and volleyball tonight. Also, it is week zero of Minnesota high school football. Today and tomorrow. What is week zero, you ask? And glad you did. So you get the eight-game regular season schedule, but with the district format that these teams have, they've got teams that they're supposed to be or wanting to play in their districts. And because of scheduling conflicts elsewhere, they can't play in weeks one through eight. Week zero allows teams an opportunity to get their eight regular season games in if they normally would not be able to. And we got one game tonight locally. That is Ogilvy at cromwell right, 7 p.m. in Cromwell. There is one game tomorrow as well with Nevis taking on Carlton Renshaw to uh, play, get their seasons kicked off. And then week two in Wisconsin also is tomorrow. I mentioned boys and girls soccer season openers in Minnesota today. First day of competition for volleyball as well. Good luck to all the area teams as they get their seasons underway. Uh, the Brewers and Twins. A game yesterday that certainly did not lack for entertainment in Milwaukee. There was a lot that happened, and it was done on a 97-degree day, at least at first pitch, at American Family Field in Milwaukee, the third hottest game in the history of that stadium that opened back in 2001. It is a stadium that, even if you close things up nice and tight, it is not air-conditioned. Hey, Maybe I was wrong when i said they don't need to renovate that thing perhaps they should i'm just saying anyway so 97 degrees the roof was half open basically and and they uh had to get permission from major league baseball to do that and the reason for it is the rules are pretty clear the roof is either fully open or fully closed anything in between you need to get uh, the okay from the uh the office of the commission or whatever So they got a hold of Major League Baseball yesterday and got permission to have the roof partially open to block the sun as much as possible from shining into the stadium. So you're letting in the breeze and the fresh air, as hot as it was, because it's like a sauna if you close it up. But at least you're keeping some of the sun out, my goodness. Anyway. Uh, Twins jumped out on Corbin Burns, six runs over six innings. Thanks to a couple of the two run home runs, Royce Lewis and Michael A. Taylor solo shot by Kyle Farmer. Also for the Twins. Burns has had a couple of starts here now in the real, like the, 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 the like major heat. He had a start in Cincinnati where he was great. And he had a pitch around, pretty much throwing up in the middle of his start. But he was he stayed in the game and, and finished off his start. The Brewers got a run, found a way to win the game. But he started the game in Chicago on a somewhat sultry night a couple of weeks ago, got roughed up a bit by the White Sox, who really aren't that good. And then yesterday against the Twins, he just looked a little bit off in the heat. Who knows if there's a correlation, but luckily playoff baseball is not played in this kind of heat usually. Anyway. Uh, so Burns got roughed up, but the Brewers come back off the Twins bullpen, trailing at one point six three. Will the Adams It's a two run home run off Emilio Pagán that cut it to six five. Then Tyrone Taylor off Caleb Fieldbar in the seventh inning ties it up at six, and they go extras. In the tenth inning, the Twins get their manfred man. The automatic runner is Joey Gallo, pinch running at second base. Eventually, able to scoot to third on a double play ball. And then with two out, Ryan Jeffers hits a ball about 25 feet from home plate. I'm not kidding you. About 25 feet. Elvis Pagero, the Brewers pitcher, runs over to pick it up. Jeffers stumbled out of the batter's box, then fell on his face basically running the first base. But Pagero bobbled the ball, and then he's like, oh, okay, he's beating that throw. Better not throw the ball. I don't want to throw it away and create more problems. And... Then Jeffers falls, and as he's throwing the ball, Jeffers is able to crawl to first base and get there in time. Gallo scores to give the Twins a 7-6 lead. Then Adamas, an RBI single to score the Brewers' Manfred man, Carlos Santana, in the bottom of the 10th to lead it off. Adamas goes to second on an error by Michael A. Taylor, who overran the ball. He was already throwing it home before he picked it up, one of those types of deals. And then Adamas ends up going to third. On a fly ball to right field. And he scores on an infield single by Bryce Terang with two outs. In the bottom half of the 10th, Brewers win 8-7. And the players able to go back to the air conditioning. I'm sure they were very happy for that. Milwaukee up 3.5 in the NL Central on the Cubs, who also won yesterday. The Twins 4.5 games up now on Cleveland in the AL Central as the Guardians and Dodgers started their game last night in Cleveland. It was suspended by rain. They're going to pick it up later today and then play their regular game after that. Meanwhile, the Twins take on the Rangers. Weekend series starts at Target Field tonight at 6. Our coverage at 5.30 here on KDAL. Pablo Lopez, 9-6, 3.51, and very, very good as of late. Andrew Heaney, left-hander for the Rangers, 9-6, 4.27. Tomorrow at 7, coverage at 6.30. Sonny Gray, 6-6, 3.15. Dane Dunning for the Rangers, 9-5, 3.19 Saturday at 6 coverage at 5 30 the twins officially are undecided on a starting pitcher for Saturday we believe it it's going to be Joe Ryan off the injured list against Max Scherzer of the Rangers and then Sunday inside twins at noon first pitch at one the twins officially undecided we believe it is going to be Dallas Keuchel on Sunday afternoon against Jordan Montgomery of the Rangers, the Brewers off today. They host the Padres in a three-game series that starts tomorrow. Good pitching matchup tomorrow. In fact, really throughout the weekend, uh, Brandon Woodruff versus Yu Darvish tomorrow, and the Brewers have to deal with Michael Wacko's who's having a great year for the Padres. One of the few that is on Sunday afternoon. So no, uh, no cakewalk for Milwaukee this weekend against the Padres team that has certainly struggled. But the Brewers trying to keep ahead of the white of the Cubs in the NL Central, and then they head to Chicago. Three-game series starts on Monday night at Wrigley Field. We'll come back and wrap things up on this Thursday in a moment. Ryan Phelps standing by for the prep update, as always, as we get into the fall sports season in Minnesota. More on that. And then we'll bid you farewell for a Thursday. Brusiski show at 1050-610-103.9 KDAL.
1: Your Twin Ports home for Twins baseball. They're in the corner, goal! KDAL. 1059
0: I feel like it's getting brighter outside, and I'm not going to complain about that. Sounds like we'll have some sunshine this afternoon. That'll be a good thing to see. Tomorrow, UWS men's soccer coach Joe Mooney, Yellow Jackets off another UMAC championship and trip to the NCAAs last year. A little bit of rebuilding to do, especially up front. We'll talk about that with him. And St. Scholastica women's soccer coach Dave Riles also with us tomorrow. Brad and Kenny, sound off after the news. Have a great Thursday. Thank you for listening, everybody.
1: This has been the Bruce Siski Show. Hit us up on Twitter at Bruce Siski Show and let us know what you think. No. Yes. No. Well.